Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had an amazing conversation with Gurley over Zoom video. Gurley was born and raised in London and talks about how she got into music. Comes from quite a creative household. Uh, her parents, grandparents, a lot of actors in her family. Gurley did some acting growing up, but was always in love with music and singing, loved creative writing and English class. Gurley talks about the first band she played in, how the other members weren't as invested as she was. And she was, in her words, kind of controlling everything, writing everything, uh, singing, playing guitar. So Gurley decided to start her solo career. She was signed by a record label at 17 put out a couple EPs and an album, and then was dropped right before the pandemic. Gurley talks about how that experience kind of shaped who she is now as far as losing the label and then moving forward independently, eventually getting signed to an independent label. We hear about the success of her song, More Than a Friend, and we dive into the new album from Gurley and how going into it, didn't know it was going to become an album. She was just going into the studio, writing some songs, uh, and eventually realized, wow, these all kind of have the same voice. This would make a great album. And the album is called Matriarchy. You can watch our interview with Gurley on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we would love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Gurley. Um, well, I'm Adam. Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Where, where are you calling in from? Um, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I really want to go to Nashville. It's amazing. It's uh, snowing a lot right now. To be oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I really do some songwriting there. It's such an amazing place for music. Yeah, it's great here. I'm originally from San Diego and uh, my family and I moved here a little over three years ago. And this is only like in three years we've had. A, we had a lot of snow the first year. The second year, like one day kind of snowed. And then now yesterday and today and this whole week, like my kids got snow they already canceled school pretty much the whole week it's just oh like, really oh my so god much snow it's crazy <laughs> that, was the, that was the best i remember that feeling when you're a kid and they cancel school because of snow you're like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> you're originally from london is that correct yes yeah it snows quite a bit there or not really i i don't i've never been it used to snow every year um when i was a kid but climate change i mean every like the seasons have changed so much in the uk um, so it doesn't really, it doesn't really snow here anymore. Maybe occasionally, I mean, it snowed the other day, but it didn't settle. Um, mm. I mean, a few weeks ago I was up in Scotland snowboarding and there's like, oh, lots awesome. there. Yeah, so, yeah. um, but you know, that's like 10 hours drive up North. So oh my yeah, gosh. London's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent here. I mean, it's, I wish I, there's not really hill. I mean, there's a little hill in my backyard, but there's not really many hills because mm -hmm. it's, it's like all powder right now. I mean, it would be like perfect for snowboarding. So nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 
I grew up in, like I said, in San Diego, you could drive about an hour and a half to Big Bear, which is like, you know, east of uh, LA and they'd have to make snow up there. So it was never like that great. Um, mm -hmm. And then here I'm like, oh man, I wish <laughs> I had a snowboard. So perfect. Do they have to, so do they not really get natural snow at Big Bear? Uh, very few and far between. I mean, maybe more so now um, just because the climate's all crazy. But um, prior to yeah. that, it was like, they would have the seasons and it would be them making snow if they couldn't really get enough uh, to, to make the season long. But then you'll have some seasons where it's even longer than anticipated. So it's just interesting yeah. how it all kind of it changes per year, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I really want I really want to snowboard in California, actually. Fun. Um, it's cool. You can go snowboarding and the, you'll you'll see people snowboarding in like t-shirts or you know what i mean it's like <laughs> oh it's still like 60 degrees 70 degrees <laughs> that is so funny oh yeah and then you could drive to the beach in two hours after you go snowboarding it's just such yeah. a wild experience you can go surf in the morning and snowboard in the afternoon or something yeah and then skateboard in the evening it's a great exactly. experience um <laughs> But yeah, this this podcast is about you and your journey in music. Um, but I did read an interview with you, and you say you skate. You you were talking about skateboarding. Do you skateboard? I do. I, I do all three. I'm a big fan of all the the board sports. I've got the 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 triptych. Is that what you'd say? The triplet. I don't know. Triple yeah. threat. Um, triple threat. Yeah, there you go. threat. Yeah, I love skateboarding. I mean, skateboarding was like the first. Um, I guess that like that was the gateway and then I I started surfing and snowboarding and a few years after but yeah I've been skating for about 7 years. Wow. Yeah. I've been a, yeah, that was my life as a kid just I mean I, I'll still go out now and I'm almost 40 and I'm, it's bad cuz I don't want to get hurt but uh <laughs> my kids are interested in it so I'm like oh some of you go to skate park but yeah skateboarding was for me from about 10 on was just like my entire life. Yeah, especially in California. Oh my gosh, it's like so, yeah. so big there. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, it's grown in popularity so much, especially like women's skateboarding as well. Has, oh yeah, it's huge. Is has yeah, it's it's massive now. It's really cool. Really um, cool. yeah, growing up, I'm trying to think. I forgot her name. She used to skate for Toy Machine back in the day. It was like the one. Oh, um, uh, is it Melissa Etheridge? Is that her name? No, uh, what's her name? Uh, now I got to look it up because it's gonna ruin my whole day. <laughs> Hold on, she was in a bunch of toy machine videos. Uh, yeah, welcome to I hell. Think, Let me do you know see. What? I know it's annoying because I, I think my partner has has a poster of her on her wall with the toy machine logo. What was her name? Alyssa Steamer. Yeah, Alyssa Steamer. All right, okay. that was gonna drive me nuts. This whole interview. I'm go. glad we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> For skateboarding, though, was that something that you got? Uh, like for me, like the skateboarding videos, the songs were what kind of really drew me into music. Did you have that experience or not really? Oh, sick. I think, to be honest, I, I sort of picked up on skateboarding quite late. Like I didn't do it as a kid. I only started skating when I was 19. Um, okay. So, which is, you know, they say if you start as a kid, you're kind of fearless because your center of gravity is so small. But yeah. Starting at 19, you're like fully grown, you're like, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to get hurt. But no, I think to be honest, I mean, skate, yeah, skateboarding, like it it was kind of a separate journey to music. In a way, like I'd already started releasing music, and I think I just wanted something like a hobby that 
could just fully take my mind off things because you know with with music like my whole life was music and mm -hmm. i think i just had this moment where i was like whoa okay now it's my like full-time job i feel like i need something that's going to give me a break from this um and like you know it's not healthy to just be like music 24 7. some people would argue against that but i don't think so <laughs> but uh, okay that's yeah um, so it's more of like a yeah a separate hobby to have instead yeah. of something that you started and then got into music later yeah it was just a separate thing and i just kind of i found found it through different friends who said they started skateboarding and it was i think i started skating at the time where girl skating women skateboarding was really like growing in london but it was it was still i mean i remember going to girls nights at some big like skate parks um, like there's a big skate park called Bay 66 in London, which used to be like the PlayStation skate park, I think. Oh, wow. Maybe where they did like the Tony Hawk games or something. It's like a big famous one. Yeah, it's been in it's been featured in a lot of like video Videos. games yeah. and stuff. And um, yeah, they did a girls night. And I remember like when I started skating, there would be like, I mean, this massive skate park, there'd be like 10 girls there. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Yeah, and I went last year to one and there were like a hundred plus girls there. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like just in the last, you know, like five years, it's it's like blown up, which is so exciting because, you know, I think I I only I got into it so late because I guess I'd always seen it as like a boys thing and it was like the yeah. idea of going to a skate park was so intimidating. So um it's so good that there's like a bigger community there now. Yeah, that's amazing to to go from like 10 to 100. I mean, wow. It's crazy. Yeah, literally. That's so, so cool. So you uh, grew up in London, born and raised there? Yes. Yeah, born and raised. Um, and you're, did I read that your parents are both actors? So you come from a yeah. creative, artistic household. So. My whole, yeah, my whole, it's hard to find a member of my family extended and close that's not in acting. <laughs> oh, Wow. Um, yeah, like literally so many. Me. Rookie error, phone is not on silent. Um oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the so many and I think it, it came from it's even a few generations back my grandparents were actors as well like um and yeah there's just like the it's it's just been always been a part of my life and I think I you know I think when I went into school and everyone else's parents did, you know, worked in an office or was a dentist, yeah. lawyer. And then I was like, huh, maybe this isn't normal. <laughs> maybe <not laughs> everyone's parents go off and, you know, do a play in the evening. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really cool. Like, and it's funny because I, I, I don't know, I never, I never thought of acting as creative, which is so crazy to me now. But I just thought... Oh, they just read lines and, you know, become someone else. That's not creative. Um, <laughs> so when I got into music, I was like, I guess I'm the creative one. <laughs> I was so, um, so up my own ass about it. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm so, I'm so grateful. And they definitely inspired me, like performing being like a normal thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Were they more support? I mean, were they more supportive of your choice as far as being a musician, maybe instead of like if your parents were like you said, a dentist and a, a lawyer went to 
like a nine to five being more like, oh, you need to go to college and do this and then have this plan and have more of a stability? Were they more supportive of, you know, oh, she's going to be a singer or a musician. Like, that's awesome. Or more supportive of that path in your life? Yeah. You feel? I, weirdly, no. Oh. <laughs> I think now they are. But um, I think they were really scared because, you know, the acting industry, the creative industries are, are brutal. And, you know, I think, you know, for them, their careers, one year they'd be, they'd have like a TV show and a play and a movie and it would be like going great. And then the next year, like there would be nothing and, you know, that we'd be struggling. So it's kind of like, um, I think they were worried about the sort of like fickle, unpredictable nature of, of like music, acting, anything, you know, creative or freelance, you know? Yeah. There's um, not as much stability if you had like a, job so as a whatever accountant or something right i mean they said that they said that so many times to me they were like why why can't you just be an accountant like that <laughs> really how random yeah they were like look go to university you know and and get get a job that's going to be stable trust me like it's stressful but i think once you've decided your passion lies somewhere it's it's pretty hard to be dissuaded from doing it so i went ahead and, and did it anyway but um, yeah, they kind of, they came around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and like, obviously at the time, um, I was really angry at them cause I was like, why can't you just support me? But I understand, you know, if uh, I, you know, if I one day have kids, I'll probably be scared, you know, for them knowing how up and down it is being in an industry that's just completely unpredictable. And, you know, especially when it comes to like mental health and how that is impacted by it all. Like it definitely, um, it's, it's not easy, but I think then I think, well, okay, if I'd gone been an accountant, I would, I wouldn't been, have been happy. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're like, you maybe have the stability, but you're like, Oh my gosh, this is not, this is the worst. I got to go here every day. And yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that would be what difficult. Um, what about as far for you? And I'm curious, I want to talk to you about how you got into music, but was acting anything that you thought that, or tried to pursue early on just because uh, was it what your parents were doing or did they want you to maybe put you in acting lessons or anything like that? I think, I mean, they were, they were very kind of like, you know, when I was a kid, whatever, you're drawn to like there you know there were lots of like free classes through my primary school I guess that's like elementary right you know mm -hmm. you're a kid and there were like music lessons that you could sign up to and dance lessons and then sports stuff so I mean I just loved everything really I just loved trying everything out but I think definitely I loved being in the school play um, and from that I went on to do some kind of weekend like play singing dancing sort of like classes but I was always drawn to the singing part more I loved um you know the the musical element and I mean mm. acting I definitely feel like every kid regardless of if your family are in the acting business or not every kid is like I want to be a movie star <laughs> right of course <laughs> but, but I feel like I had the like I don't know year of that maybe when I was like nine or ten but 
um i i just loved music and i loved singing and and performing was a part of that but i think um i just loved like telling stories as well so I, later on as a teenager i was really like my favorite subject was actually like english and english mm. lit because i loved poetry and writing like how people express and uh, the words they they choose to explain and tell stories i loved that yeah and with with music and songwriting was that something like did you pick up guitar or something early on and kind of use that as like a tool to to help with your songwriting or when did you start playing i know you played guitar right in your first band yeah yeah okay. i I, I picked up guitar and played it so badly. I don't know how I got away with playing actual gigs to people <laughs> <laughs> with guitar. I mean, I still, I play guitar now, but still, you know, I just get by. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of shocking. I mean, honestly, the I wish I could have the confidence that I clearly had when I was 14 <laughs> and just <laughs> picked up a guitar and was like, I can play this. Um, sure. But... Yeah, I mean, I guess, but, you know, there was just that determination. I was like, I had this moment. I I went, started going to gigs. I got into music and bands um, and not just singing, but like musical compositions. And then mm. I started thinking about chords and how, how did my favorite bands, you know, which were all kind of guitar indie bands at the time, how do they put their songs together? So I picked up guitar and, and I started a band with some musician friends and um, that was so fun. But I think ultimately I knew that, you know, I, I love music. I love the composition of it, but I knew the main thing I always wanted to do. And my main goal was always to be a storyteller. Um, and that was through songwriting and the lyrics. And they're a big part of my music, you know, today. Well, yeah. You're a fantastic songwriter and, and lyricist. I mean, your lyrics are really, really, really good. Um, with that, like, were you writing the music or writing the lyrics for the band that you played in first? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think I was, uh, so ultimately the other band members left because I think I was doing everything. Oh. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs> it became like, your band. Why are we here? I think <laughs> I was just so much of a control freak, which makes sense that I that I went solo because I think, you know, I I... I would just have been a nightmare to be in a band with <laughs> kudos to them for sticking out for like a year. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I always, I wanted to write all the songs. I wanted to tell my stories and I wanted to, you know, I think also I had this determination. I was like, can we rehearse like every day? Yeah. <laughs> we have jobs like <laughs> and exams and stuff. I was like, but, but music. Um, so I thought, right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I feel like I've heard that before. I mean, it must be difficult for bands to stay. You need to find, you know, three, four, five people that have the same drive that are like, um, mm -hmm. this is it. I'm going to, this is what I want to do forever. And if you're the only one really in that mindset, like, you know, there's nothing else. This is just, a, a, this is what I want to do. Uh, yeah. I can see how it would be hard to not just be like, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own because not everyone at least that I'm surrounded with currently wants this as much as I do. Oh my God, fully. I mean, I, when I see bands who, you know, I mean, so many everywhere, you know, bands who are, you know, killing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you 
get through those early stages where, you know, you're not making any money from it. You're, it's purely like, you're just grinding it out for the passion for so Mm -hmm. long. And even, you know, as a solo artist, like it's a lot, it, you know, it, you end up being able to make it a part-time or a full-time thing way quicker because if you get paid for a show, it goes to you. Whereas if you're in a band, if there's five of you, you have to split it between the five of you. And then I think it's amazing when bands like make it work. Um, You know, it's, it's so impressive because also, you know, live, like for so many years, for the first probably five years of my career, I was just playing me and a DJ because I couldn't afford to have any other musicians on stage because, you know, it's so expensive to Mm -hmm. travel and, you know, pay everyone and put them in hotels and feed them. (laughs) But it was like, just do it me and a DJ. Sometimes it would just be me with track because I was like, if I bring someone to do this, then I'm just not going to make anything from this, you know? Um, and so, yeah, when I see full bands, you know, I just have so much respect for that. Cause that's what I mean, even as your, as a solo artist to just have the drive and, and to pursue this is, is, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, a lot of no's and a lot of, like you said, shows where you're making nothing maybe or there's five people that show up because you haven't got to that level yet and then Mm -hmm. to be able to keep going and be like okay yeah there's 10 people but hopefully next time i come back to this town or play a show here there'll be 20 or you know more as as you kind of build oh my gosh fully i mean i remember in my first band we were teenagers so you know ripe to being ripped off by by people <laughs> in the industry. I remember doing stuff like paying to play, which blows my mind that that's that's even still a thing. That's still somehow. a big thing. You know, you have to get if you don't bring a hundred people, then they're you're not playing the show tonight. Like that's wild. Wild. And like promoters whose job is in the title promoter, like <laughs> your job to promote the show will be like well, you can pay to do the show and then you can promote it and sell the tickets back. You know, it's like, what? And I remember doing that. I think we only did it once. Um, And then I think maybe a friend of mine who was in the industry or maybe even someone at my like music school was like, dude, don't do that. (laughs) That's ridiculous. You're the artist. Someone should, you know, be paying you to perform. Right. yeah crazy. when did you go to music school is that after you know high school or it was yeah. it university okay yeah so i i in the uk i don't know how it works in in the us exactly but in the uk um up until 16 they might have changed it since i was in school i don't know i mm-hmm. graduated high school like 10 years ago so i don't know okay. but um but they when i was in school it was like up until the age of 16, you have to be in education and then you can decide either you do another two years before then college or you just can go get a job or you can do like two years of basically kind of pre-college, not the same um, like exams or qualifications as if you're going to go do like science or maths or English. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do something creative, 
then you can go to like a specific school for that and do those two years in that. So I decided to go That's to awesome. a music school. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And I went to a really cool music school and um and it was it was great because I was just surrounded by creative people, people making music. That's where, you know, I, I made some of my first music um as like a solo artist because I just met so many different producers and people who wanted to be, you know, within this school, there were people who wanted to be, you know, drummers, guitarists, pianists, producers, promoters, managers. So it was like a whole kind of music, mini music industry. Um, mm -hmm. And it was really fun. And from that school, I actually, they had some industry people coming in and doing talks and stuff. And that's where I met my first manager. Um, and, after a year of being in the school, I, I signed my first record deal. So I left after a year. Um, wow. Was that based off a song that did well or like, or just somebody or the um, label believed in what you were up to or? Yeah, I, I just, I'd started self-releasing music from, I suppose, yeah, the age of 17, um, almost 18. And then I, I signed, yeah, a label. Like I was doing so many shows, just open mics. <laughs> and like, you know, I'd just rock up with an iPod and play my song and, you know, or it'd be downloaded as an MP3 on my phone. And, you know, um, there were definitely a few times where I, I got turned away because they were like, you need a real instrument. <laughs> but I've got, <laughs> I've got some some beats on my phone, please. Um, and I just, you know, I'd, I'd play shows three times a week I go to music college and then I'd, which was five days a week full time. And then in the evening, I, a lot of the time I just Google like open mics tonight, London. And I just go on my own to some random pub or tiny venue or something. And there'd be like 10 people there and I just perform. And I think that's kind of how I cut my teeth performing really, because I just, I just got used to, okay, there might be, two people there um there might be 30 people there the crowd might love it the crowd might hate it and be talking over you <laughs> but I just gave it everything every time because I was like what if you know this show there's someone in the crowd who can you know connect me with someone or maybe you know maybe it was kind of a desperation in a way but also I think there was like I was excited to do it, but there was also this sort of anxiety weirdly driving me, which was yeah. like, you don't go tonight. And what if, what if that's the night where there's some massive manager? So I was like, I'm just going to go. And I mean, these shows, I just started inviting every network, you know, I'd go network every industry person I met, I'd say, I'm doing a show tomorrow. I'm doing a show here, do a show here. And I remember my A&R at my label came to, this show I did at this tiny bar that you could fit about 15 people in. And I was under 18, so I wasn't even allowed in legally, but you know, I had this fake ID. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd just be like, let me in. Um, and yeah, I though the stage was so small, I just kind of used the bar as the stage. And I remember my AR came to that, and he <laughs> afterwards he was like, that was the weirdest show I've ever been to, but, <laughs> but you were great. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that was the, how I hus hustled my way during music college. Yeah. And then, I mean, to sign a record deal that early, I mean, it sounds like you were 17 and you get signed to a label. That's, that's huge. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think when we, when I signed, I just turned 18. It was like just after okay. my 18th birthday. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is amazing. Like when I look back at that, knowing just there was so much ahead and so, a lot of amazing stuff ahead, a lot of really bad stuff ahead. Um, and I was like, so like wide eyed and ready, ready for it. And I, I don't know, I kind of just, I don't know. There's like a bittersweet feeling about it really, because I mm -hmm. think that record deal that I signed actually ended up really not being the right one for me. Um, I felt very creatively constricted and I, I think I really could have done with being signed to a developing deal or with a team who were more about just nurturing my project instead mm -hmm. of, I, I basically was signed and it was like, you have to be in the top 10 within the next year or this has failed. That was kind of the attitude. Um, and that oh, really wow. crushed, crushed my spirit for a little bit. So, yeah. I would imagine, yeah, you get signed to this label and you're like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And then maybe you're not getting the support you you anticipated having or if mm -hmm. you don't have the hit that, that people are looking for, then that's it. What, did they just kind of shelve you or you get, I know you ended up eventually yeah. getting dropped, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to you. you oh my God, it was. It it was. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think to be honest, I mean, you know, I, I, hope that and i can see a slight shift happening in the music industry um but i think around the time when i was signed and there's there is still this obsession but there was a, a big obsession about being like younger and younger and younger and you know i think it was kind of around the time that billy eilish was really popping off and there was this obsession with like teenagers uh, blowing up and this feeling mm -hmm. of like, if you are over 18, um, you're old already. And, you know, you, you know, I had a lot of friends um, who would lie about their age. They'd say they were younger than they were because they thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm in my twenties now. I'm in my mid twenties now. That's, that's too old. I'm past my time. Yeah. I aged out at 20. <laughs> and I think that, that pressure, um, I'd like to think that it's, it is changing because there are a lot more artists who are, you know, mainstream artists who are in their thirties and right. only blowing up and even later. And I think that's really cool because it, I always found it strange how I'd say music or acting or sort of like creative professions where you're like the face of something, it's on a right. platform or in the spotlight, like any other profession, if you went to a doctor and asked them like, how long have you been doing this for? And they said, oh, a year, you'd be like, stay away from me. I'm not right. Like, <laughs> you clearly don't know what you're doing. Whereas in music, I think there's still, there's this feeling of like, oh, if you've been doing it for a long time, then, oh, maybe you've, you're, maybe you're kind of irrelevant now. Maybe you know, you're not so new and fresh and, you know, and there's this obsession with this like new fresh thing. Whereas, I don't know, I think when artists have been releasing music for such a long time and they've, they've been honing their craft and they're, they're so confident in themselves and they've really landed at a place where their, you know, their sense of self is, is, you know, radiant. I love that. I mean, 
if you look at like an artist who's you know having a real moment right now is Mitski and she's mm-hmm. been releasing music for over a decade um and you know this album now I don't know if it's it feels like maybe it's her sixth album fifth album or something and you know this is her first I think she just had her first like billboard charting song um I think that's amazing because it's like wow you know there's people especially when you like discover an artist to be able to say oh my gosh she has this like amazing narrative 10 years of music that I can delve into and then the people who have been listening since the beginning have followed her whole journey and I don't know. I think that's really special. No, I 100% agree with that. I mean, look, I'm thinking like Portugal, the man had like five albums out before that one massive hit happened for him. Fully, yeah. Or you have, but, but, but even back to like new artists that if you have a song, especially, you know, pandemic, in, in, even into now, I guess, where an artist would have the one big song that happened on TikTok. And then right. you're like, oh, wow, this song's awesome. And then you go to their discography on Spotify and there's like n- one other song that has like no plays. And you're like, okay, well, I would imagine a lot of pressure on that person being like, okay, now I'm, I'm in the spotlight. How do I, can I do this again? Is this really, you know, something I'm going to be able to do? Whereas if you have a bunch of our catalog of songs that you've already been doing and you've been working on it for years then it might become a little easier to be like, oh, okay, now this person has all these other songs and then we can move forward with this, this artist. Mm. Yeah, fully. I mean, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where whatever whatever situation you're in, there's, there's always going to be something, some kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. Like, I, I'm very, you know, I like in my songs... I I wear my heart on my sleeve on online as well. And I remember posting something, I think at the end of 2022, I'd had quite a rough year um, personally. And I think I'd also just been really struggling with my identity as an artist and musically and thinking, where do I go next? What, you know, what, what's the, what's my sound? What am I trying to say? And, and feeling like, you know, this sort of, pressure from mostly myself but also you know people at you know labels or or PR are kind of being like so what is girly and I just had this feeling where I was like I don't know I don't know I don't know who I am and I posted something about it and um a friend of mine uh who's an amazing artist called LP who's had huge success oh I've had LP on my on my show she's she's amazing incredible person incredible presence as well. Like, um, and I remember she reached out and she said, um, you know, I, I hope this isn't me being presumptuous. So I'm not trying to come off as sort of patronizing or listen here, kid, this is, you know, she, but she said, like, I just wanted to let you know that I've been here. Cause I think I posted a video of me like crying or just being like, fuck this industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> And she was like, look, I've been there a thousand times in my career and, you know, it kind of never, there never stops being something that's making you go, oh my gosh, why? Um, And she said, you know, once before you've had a hit song, you have this pressure to have a hit song. And then once you've had a hit song, then there's 
okay, well, when's the next one coming? And then, you know, once you've had a good five years, then everyone's thinking, well, how long is this going to last? Is it going to become 10 years? Is this a, is this going to be, you know, a, like a, a long surviving artist or are they going to die off? Or, and, you know, she was basically saying like, you just have to enjoy the process um, mm -hmm. because there's always just, there's always going to be something that you could be doing better or something that, you know, you haven't quite achieved yet or, you know, yeah. and it was so funny, you know, hearing her say, yeah, well, once you have a hit and you, everyone's asking when's the next one. It's like, oh my God, like it's crazy. And, and I definitely had to, had to kind of check myself uh, in the past and think, wait, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, but I, I really want my song to be played on that radio station or, I want to have this many people come to my show. And then I'm like, but remember when you wanted this many people to come to your show, like remember when you wanted this radio station to play it and it's happened. So, you know, appreciate, appreciate the wins. Right. That's gotta be hard. I mean, I would imagine that's hard too. In any creative aspect, it's like, Oh, this song, I'll never get a hundred thousand plays on a song. And then it happens. And it's, I'll never get a million. Well, yeah. The song didn't get five million. It's like, it, you know, it, as you progress, the bar keeps getting set higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. um, 100%. Yeah. You move, you move your own goalposts. Don't you? You're like, Ooh. yeah, it's not okay. I got a million. Now I'm, I'm done. I can hang up the cleats. I'm out. <laughs> it's like, now it's trying well, to get five. Um, yeah. It's it, so your big, the biggest song, at least on Spotify for, you with more than a friend that was something that had came was that around that time period like that song comes out it's you have this big moment and it's okay is that around the time that you you know put the video out the lp kind of reached out to you or was it a little yeah, bit after so, that so yeah more than a friend came out it's interesting because more than a friend came out in the summer of 2021 mm -hmm. and um it didn't do anything like it you know, my, my existent fans loved it. Um, you know, I got good feedback. Uh, I went on a tour that was really, really fun. That was like my first, first independently funded tour around that EP. And it was really great. And then it was kind of at the beginning of 2022, the video and the song just started to pick up. And I had this just huge, over over the whole kind of of 2022 this huge growth in fans and people who are coming to the shows and that song just blew up on you know on streaming streaming sites and on TikTok and it's so it's so crazy because it just happened very gradually but now I look back and I'm like oh my gosh this song is is huge and it has changed my life and I I think yeah I think it was kind of trying to when I realized okay this song has been huge. How do I make some one that's bigger? <laughs> How do I follow this up? Right. And I, I think then it's. I think I had to almost think. Okay, let me not go into the studio thinking. How do I make a song bigger than more than a friend? Let me go into the studio and just think. Why did I start making music in the first place? It's because I was a teenager who felt out of place everywhere I went <laughs> and uh -huh. you know d 
needed an escape from school. I really didn't enjoy school. I didn't feel um, like I was I was bullied. I, I didn't feel like I sort of fit in there. And then I was also questioning so many things about my sexuality and my place on this earth, as you do when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that's why. And then gigs and making music and going to the rehearsal studios and playing with my band became just everything switched off. Um, and I sort of rediscovered that. And so this album that's coming out later this year, all of the songs on this album were, I didn't go in to make any of these songs thinking, how do I make a song that's going to get this many streams? How do I make a song that's going to go big on TikTok or get played on this radio? I just was like, I'm going to write music that makes me feel like I'm processing what's my experiences and is going to make me feel like, okay, yeah, I got it all out. <laughs> I said it all, you know. Um, and so, go, it's not, Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's, it's all good. No, I, most of the songs on this record, I actually remember leaving the studio and thinking, that was a pile of shit. <laughs> like, that's not going to get anywhere. <laughs> um, and I didn't like most of them afterwards and I just kind of like left them to gather dust for a few months and then listened back to them and thought oh my god I love this so that also taught me to sort of sometimes not listen to my own head <laughs> no sure I mean this the songs that I've heard off of this album are are really really cool I like I mean the matriarchy is the first song you put out which is like the title track of the album and with this album going into it it's your second one the first one you you know put out on a record label and you've done a lot since then obviously um was it real quick just to back up to that i'm just curious was it hard to continue to go forward after losing the label were you like uh am i going to be able to keep like is this worth keep you know continuing yeah i mean it's the timing was i guess from the outside it looked like nightmare timing but it actually ended up being amazing because i was dropped not long before COVID happened. And so oh, I wow. had, yeah. And, you know, I had a few months to sort of process. I mean, in the end, I ended up taking a year off out of releasing music at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I was still doing shows and I was still active online and, and stuff. And basically during COVID, I, you know, like most, like a lot of people, I had to move out of my apartment. I, had to go back and live with my family and um it actually sort of gave me weirdly this this time to reflect on everything I mean mm. a lot of people were reflecting but it was good reflection for me um and I actually was kind of prepared to just do it all independently and figure it out um and that's when I met the A&R of the label I'm with now which is an independent label. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, I played her some demos and she loved them. And, and, you know, I, she changed my life because she believed in me. You know, I think a lot of the time labels will see an artist who's been dropped and kind of, you know, think, okay, you know, just yeah, their time is over. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I, that's why I love, 
I love working with the label I'm at now because they care about music and they care, you know, it's it's not just about it being a business. It's about the passion and, um, you know, that's that's kind of, that's the only people I'll work with now in any respect in my touring, my mm-hmm. management, my creative direction, my label, like everyone has to be in it because they love the music and the message and, you know, the the I don't think the pressure really creates a good environment or a good mental headspace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so going from what I've read uh, in your your press releases about this album, this was the most vulnerable you've been going in, like not even going into the album, but lyrically or tell me about that. Was that just something where you were kind of saying earlier, you didn't want to go into try to write, the next hit or TikTok song. It was just, I'm going to go in and what, put it all out there and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote this album, every, everything was written within a space of six months. And, um, I, I was just going through it. I'd had quite a big, uh, breakup, which is quite useful when you're trying to write an album, actually. (laughs) Um, uh, I'd had quite a big breakup and I was struggling a lot with identity and with, you know, the, this sort of inner pressure to figure out who, who am I as an artist, as a person, as, you know, sort of quarter life crisis vibes, I guess. And, um, and all of these songs, I didn't go into any of, you know, the studio sessions thinking I'm writing for my album. Um, it was actually only decided after they were all written that, you know, I knew that they all meshed, they all meant something together because they were all written within this time period. And um, it felt like the same voice. It felt like the same kind of version of me that was writing them, but they only became an album after they were all written, which, which I really like because it meant there wasn't that pressure of, okay, we got to write some bangers for the album or we've got to do this or this This will be an album track, this will be a single. You know, it was just writing songs for the sake of writing songs, you know, to enjoy. A lot of them I didn't even go in to write them thinking they would ever be released, which was quite a freeing feeling, really. Yeah, wow. Yeah, not many people that I've spoke to have had that experience where it's like, I'm just going to go write a bunch of songs and then at the end, it's, wow, these are all like you said in the same voice they could all put be put together and then oh it looks like i have an album here yeah <laughs> out comes an album <laughs> was it a therapeutic process this time around or is it always for you writing songs or getting you know yeah getting- writing songs is always therapeutic for me yeah i think i think i mean that's always just been why i've written them um mm-hmm. they are like you know I, i'm also a big i'm big on journaling um and I think songs is just another form of journaling for me, really. It's like, mm-hmm. let me get everything, let me word vomit, let me emotion vomit out into something and try and make sense of of what's what I'm feeling and who I am. Love that. I have a couple more questions for you, um, especially about this album. You said earlier uh, that you would go into the studio, write a song and then leave and be like, oh, that was, you know, that wasn't good. Uh, how, when you go, was it when you went back to the studio the next time and kind of revisit it that you were like, oh, wow, like this is actually really good. And then how do you, 
was was that the experience you had or kind of tell me about that yeah so i mean i i keep all of my every song i've ever written i keep the the file the demo file um in in a dropbox folder <laughs> so mm. i have this dropbox folder of every song i've ever written because wow yeah which i i feel very thankful for because there are so many and I'll, I'll revisit them. And, and sometimes, um, I, I have a, a Patreon of like super fans and sometimes, oh, that's cool. yeah, and they're amazing. And I have a discord and, you know, it's all kind of linked, um, with these amazing, you know, super fans. Some of them have been around since I started releasing music and they occasionally I'll, I'll leak one of these demos and it will be a demo from years ago that I forgot even existed and, um, and, you know, has just been gathering dust basically forever. And I love revisiting them, but I mean, with the, with the album, it was, it was the same process. Like I, I'd, even if I think a song is, you know, not, not worthy of my time, I'll still, I'll still say, okay, let's just bounce, let's bounce the demo. I'll put it in this folder, whatever. So I always have that to go back to and, yeah, I mean, it's it was quite magical, really, because I remember going through a lot of these demos and light bulbs were just going off. Light bulbs were going off. Light bulbs were turning on. Fireworks were going off. <laughs> like, no, yeah, lights were lights were going on. Um, thinking, oh, my gosh, th this is amazing. Hey, this this sounds kind of like this. They, they go together. This tells a story. And um, yeah, it's, it's really it's really exciting listening to a song that you're expecting to be bad and it's great. <laughs> right. Right. Have you ever utilized your Patreon as like, as maybe for this album, sharing a demo and being like thinking, Oh, maybe is this going to be good enough to make the, like I, I did, use them as a testing ground, like a focus. Yeah. Group? I not for this album. I didn't, I kept this album under wraps, very under wraps, but the, my previous couple EPs, um, I did I, I did a some live streams where I would play like 30 seconds and say I wrote this recently and um actually it's a funny story but my song Imposter Syndrome which came out on my previous EP uh-huh that was a song from you know a few years ago that had kind of like a lot of them gathered dust in the folder and I remember doing a live stream for some fans and I played that song uh, and everyone was freaking out and loving it. And my manager tuned into that live stream, which was so random because he didn't usually. Um, and he heard the song and he was like, we should release this. This is amazing. And we ended up releasing it. So, yeah, it's definitely I, my fans are definitely definitely focus groups um, for a lot of stuff that I do. That's awesome. Was there a song going into this? You, you also said earlier about uh, you you went in writing a song, not even think like knowing or thinking it might make the album. Was there any of the songs in those sessions that did eventually like going in like oh I don't think leaving or going into it not thinking like this this will never make the cut or this this is just kind of me getting out the, these feelings and. Did you have those moments where some, maybe some of those songs made it onto your album or a lot of them did or none of them did? Oh my gosh, so many of them. <laughs> so oh, <many>. wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so many. Um, my The next song that, that I'm releasing 
this month called Be With Me. I remember writing that and feeling like, you know what, I had a fun day. I, I wrote I wrote a song with some friends. I'm glad of the experience, but this song's never going to see the light of day. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are actually probably half the album is songs that initially I I didn't like or I didn't connect not connect with but I just dismiss and I think that says more about where my mind was at when I was writing a lot of these songs is you know I I my self-esteem was very low I didn't believe in what I was making um which weirdly I kind of I think the reason why a lot of the songs turned out so amazing is because <laughs> in my opinion, amazing, <laughs> um, is, is that I just sort of released that that pressure. I was like, okay, well, whatever. I'll just write. Um, yeah. And was there a, like a moment or is there a song on the album that you're like, uh, I don't know, this might be a little bit too vulnerable. Like, I don't know if I should put it out or. Uh, no, I think. I think vulnerability is something that I've always, I've always been comfortable with. And I think I, I can be thankful to probably my parents um, for that because they're, they're actors that they were, they were always, you know, giving so much to the parts that they were in and they were always, um, you know, we, my family, and I'm very thankful as a family that, you know, we, we talk about everything and, um, we share our emotions and, and I think, you know, I remember my grandma as well, when I was a kid, just, just teaching me how vulnerability is powerful. And I think I feel very, very lucky that, that I kind of grew up feeling that. And I definitely, you know, it was that was that was almost squashed out in high school because going into high school being like vulnerability is powerful people are going to crush that really quick oh, sure sure people are going to say vulnerability means you're a target <laughs> right but, that means i have all this ammunition against you now <laughs> yeah, exactly find the weak ones but i no i mean you know i think music kind of you know when i got in to my favorite artists, you know, when I started listening to music and becoming obsessed with bands and going to shows, you know, so much of the music I loved was super vulnerable and was really honest and open. And, um, you know, I, I really, music's saved me, you know, in, in many ways, um, and making music, but also just being a music fan, which I know is, you know, is the same for so many people. I mean, that's why music's so powerful because, you know, you, it kind of, it makes you feel less alone. So I think that's what I've always wanted to do with my music is if I'm a hundred percent truthful and I, I say exactly how I'm feeling and, you know, maybe someone will listen to this song who's feeling the same way and feel less alone. I love that. I love that. And I appreciate your time. Thank you so much uh, for doing you. this. Uh, I have one more question, but I just want to comment on your tour because you're playing the Troubadour which is one of my favorite venues and that's kind of the first show right of the of the the tour you're doing that show and i think texas and some others and then playing a lot in the uk as well yeah yeah so the yeah the matriarchy tour 
um, which is going to the US, Canada, Europe, UK. Um, we're also going to Australia and New Zealand, which I'm very excited about. Oh, wow. You're As what? Part Australian, right? I am. I'm half Australian, so I'm very stoked for that. Um, That's cool. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really, I'm very excited. The Troubadour, there's so many venues on this tour that I, I've wanted to play for so long. The Troubadour in LA is one of them. The Bowery Ballroom in New York is another one. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I love playing in the US. The fans just go nuts. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Everyone's just so um, lovely and excited. And, you know, I, I, me and my whole crew always feel so, so welcome. Awesome. My last question for you before I let you go today. Um, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. My gosh. I think I'd say, you know, it's so interesting because obviously from when I, you know, in such a short time, the music industry has changed so much. Like when I was, but when I first started releasing music, TikTok did not exist, which I guess sometimes makes me feel like, how old am I? But then I'm like, it has only become a thing in the last three or four years, like, you know, the pandemic right. kind of when TikTok blew up. So, and it's changed the music industry so quickly and everyone's kind of been like chasing, um, you know, trying to catch up with it. But I think there are some things that will never change whatever technology, you know, does and however music distribution changes and, um, and that's just trust that whatever you're making and what you're saying is is special and is important. And I think trying to follow trends or like, you know, but music and creativity should shouldn't sort of try and fit a mold, um uh, a mold for success, you know, like and 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 I think also just a big thing is try really try and enjoy the the journey because there are there are, I feel like whole years of my life and my music journey that I wish I could go back and just enjoy the moment because I spent so much time worrying about what about this and what about this and what's going to happen in the future and la 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 and like um, I think you know when when you're so passionate and you're enjoying the journey, pe people can see that, you know, it, it gives out an aura an energy. Um, but then on like a more practical note, instead of this like wishy-washy advice, <laughs> I think. That's great advice. <laughs> I think also, you know, talk to people, collaborate with people, um, you know, like makes, make stuff with, with everyone that you want to and, and, play shows and, and just get out there really. I mean, that's how, you know, then everything just sort of starts to snowball. It's like a butterfly effect.